Hey fuck boys and fuck ladies, this is Tyler from Worst in the Industry. We have a lot of laughs on our show and we get into some pretty heated topics, so it's important to remember that the views expressed by the hosts of Worst in the Industry are their own and in no way representations of the views held by the Planet Ant Podcast Network or Planet Ant as an organization. Yell at us, not at them. Maybe send me a dick pic every once in a while. That'd be cool. Thanks and enjoy the show. This has been a production of Planet Ant Podcast, powered by Pinecast. For those of you who were not uh, teenagers in the RAR XD neon late 2000s. If you've only recently become a fan of such absolute woonerkins as Good Charlotte. <laughs> it's, oh okay, God, so straight up, Colin, Good Charlotte was before our time. <laughs> Like like when uh, Tyler and I Tyler and I were fans at like the tail end of Good Charlotte's career. No, I wasn't. Well, I mean, you fucking... followed them for a while. Speak for yourself, Justin. Hold on. Okay, hold on. No, we got well, it. So I, I Lifestyles and the Rich and the Famous is an incredible album, and like it's one of my favorites. I grew up with that album. I'm I'm not trying to say that they were like going down in quality or anything, but like they've become less culturally relevant throughout our teenage years. So, Good Charlotte self-titled first album came out in 2000. Yeah. I remember listening I, I remember listening to that when I was 6. Which would have been oh, that was 2002. Okay. And then Young and the Hopeless came out and then Chronicles of Life and Death came out 2004, 2006. How do you, what do you guys think Good Charlotte was on 9/11? Um <laughs> We could probably find out if we went down I, a Google hole. I can I can guarantee you they were planning it. No. I'm sorry, are you saying that Good Charlotte was behind 9/11 or they were planning listen. a parallel attack and we're just kind of like, "Oh, that's that's good luck." I'm not saying I'm not saying they planned 9/11, but I'm saying they might, maybe they might have planned the do one that went to the Pentagon. Do you think, Tyler, do you what? think it's a possibility? That do you think that you would continue this line of joking and comedy? I'm not joking. If you knew that the front man of Good Charlotte's father was killed during the 9/11 attacks, did you think oh. you'd continue talking about it this way? I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Joel Madden. I love you. Just Actually, cut that all out. Just cut uh, that all out. Tyler, don't because guess what? We're in my imaginosphere. I made it up. A writer Fuck came up you. with that. It never happened. There it's was fiction. A, there, okay, so there was a fucking movie, and I forget the name of it. Remember but, me with um, Robert Pattinson. Yes, with Robert Pattinson was in it, and the whole movie was like very not good. And then the end uh, was I just was him. It was a pretty good movie. It was it was okay. Like it was like it I was give about it like, dealing with death and grief and like how 
you can learn to love somebody. And then he uh, died in 9-11. Yeah, he died in 9-11, just like his scumbag fucking uh, corporate parasite of a father should have. That's the thing, you gotta understand. More of the kids in that family should have died. So the oldest brother killed himself. And you hope to God that Robert Pattinson's character kills himself, but he never fucking does. And then he's got, like, younger siblings. And you're like, God damn, can these people stop making more little future uh, fucking absolute wastes of skin? I always forget that uh, Benji Madden from Good Charlotte is married to Cameron Diaz. Cameron Diaz? Diaz? I know that Joel Madden was dating Hilary Duff for a while. Yeah, Hillary and now he, he's he's married to Nicole Richie. Nicole Richie. Nicole Richie. Yeah. Lindsay Lohan. <laughs> is Lindsay Lohan married? I don't think so. No, isn't she Muslim now? I don't. I think she had like a mental breakdown again. I don't know, man. You know, I was talking about the you know House what? of you Wax do remake you, the other day, and she's uh, not in that. Oh, That's so Thursday. like. Yeah, I know, but I was just about to say, me and, like, four people all said Paris Hilton's name at the same time. Because we were all like, yeah, yeah, in the House of Wax remake, with Paris Hilton! Because it, the novelty <laughs> never wears off. Honestly, I love Paris Hilton. I think she was great in that movie. I think she's phenomenal. She was fantastic her. in that film. Like, she's not a stupid person. She sh- She's, like, actually pretty intelligent and pretty talented. She plays a good airhead. She plays a good, much like you, Justin. Yeah. You play a good airhead, but I know. I, I play a good airhead. I know the secrets. I know your inner workings. You have a very rich mind palace that I'd love to have explored. Let's go over the, you know what? Why don't we go down to the fucking county, county clerk, and we'll, we'll pull up the blueprints for your mind palace, and we'll go over it together over cocktails. So I just imagine us going through a whole bunch of paperwork and talking to a series of clerks, and you pull out the blueprints, and it's just just a very detailed drawing of my cock. I'm gonna go to the county clerk's office with Justin. I'm gonna have a pitcher of margaritas. And no, you're gonna, gonna have. You're gonna do, have yeah, man, that's how you grease the wheels at the fucking county clerk's, Tyler. Haven't you ever tried to get this shit done? Yeah, bureaucrats are alcoholics. You're gonna have one of those uh, those traveling bars like that people brought on the trains with them in the early 1900s, and then you're just gonna open it up and be like, "Old fashioned, anyone? Anyone want an old fashioned?" Oh, God, oh you I mean you that. mean what every man used to keep in his briefcase next to the loaded gun? Yeah, back when uh, men used to be men. Back when men used to be men, and basically one bad day at work meant you would go home and shoot your whole family to death, and then. Uh, you know, shave your mustache, take a train ride a couple cities away, and use the last name of a guy you died who, who died in Vietnam next to you. Oh, just like that one dude, Don Draper. That, that one, that one family annihilator Talk that didn't get caught for like forty-five years. John Talk List. John, I mean, yeah, John List. To be fair, it was a lot more than one bad day for John List. It was a lifetime of bad days, and a lifetime of purity culture. Speaking, Speaking of, of purity, purity culture. culture. Speaking <laughs> of purity culture. Hey, hi, hello, and welcome back to Worst in the Industry, the podcast where these three unwanted seeds in the lime of the world attempt to bring our stinging truth to your mouth, eyes, and open wounds. My name is Justin St. Peter, and I won't say to grapefruit in the shower, and then my roommates yelled at me <laughs> to my left. I'm a goose. I'm a goblin. I'm a 
gremlin and I'm a grackle. It's Gollin Ganley. To my guests. Uh, my name's Tyler, and a crab snapped my finger over the weekend, and it still hurts. You had it fucking coming. I know, that motherfucker Nobody got noticed until Tyler just wiped a bunch of blood on his shirt. I literally... <laughs> I We had a fucking crab boil, and the whole fucking time, until we killed all these crabs, I was constantly having to tell people, hey, don't antagonize the crabs. Hey, I wasn't. Let's not, let's not instigate anything with the crabs. I was with you. I was with you. You were, because was... you were doing it. No, I wasn't doing it. I did it once, and then he hurt me, and then I stopped doing it. But you did it once after I had already told other people not to. Yeah, but in to be fair, I was you, fucking with the crabs all afternoon. And they yeah, and then somebody was fucking with the crabs, and the crab tore another crab's arm off in anger. Yeah, well. I think that that was the, the the secondary crab's fault. And then and then one of our friends was like, "Are give you me that crab? Man? Let me give me that crab claw." And I'm like, "No, why?" And he's like, well, "I want to eat it." It's like it's raw. You can't eat it. It's a fucking blue crab that's like eating a cockroach. They are basically just water bugs. They're just big old water bugs, and they're full of delicious, delicious heavy metals and plastic. Oh, so that's why. Good. That's why you're not supposed to eat the mustard and blue crabs. By the way, it's full of heavy mm-hmm. metals and, and plastic. And microplastics. Microplastics. Nurdles. Nurdles. We're all infertile from that crab boil now. Oh God, yeah. Cool. Thank we're awesome. just a, right. pa- we're a pack of mules. We don't have to Sweet. waste all that money on vasectomies. So, awesome. Whoa! So I can just bust inside whenever I want. So, you know, uh, along the lines of making honest women, uh, Tyler, you want to start talking about what uh, Speaking your topic of coming this week? inside. Yeah, so, um, speaking of coming inside and God-approved sex. Um, speaking of forced segues. Much like everyone has a favorite serial killer, who's everyone's favorite televangelist? Joel Osteen. Joel Osteen? Okay. Yeah, I also, I, I, I do love to hate Joel Osteen. Mm, mm, wait, no, I take it back. I'm uh, fucking Kenneth Copeland. Okay, okay. Justin, who is yours? Uh, Joel Osteen. I'm gonna stay. Joel Osteen. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'd I'd go with Joel Osteen or Pat Robinson. Fuck. Oh, the 700 Club. Uh huh. Which we will talk about him in part two. Dude, I, I, I obviously we're gonna get there, but I remember just having the worst flu of my life as a kid, and waking up at like 2:30 in the morning. With just a raging fever, out of like the like the most like blanket soaking fucking you know sweat nightmare, and just the seven hundred club is on. Yeah, and I thought I was in hell. Did you know Pat Robertson's still alive? Unfortunately, I did know that he Pop is still alive, and he okay okay. We'll get to this more in part two, but I'll give you a little little taste. Um, he signed a deal with fox and fox eventually bought uh or disney eventually bought fox so this deal that he has is they had to show the 700 club at least twice a week forever it's a pretty good deal that's it's you know what whoever his contract negotiator is lawyer is the word justin well, I know, but whoever, what, what particular lawyer he chose to negotiate that contract, as opposed to just any one of them. Yep. I want to talk to him. We should so, get him for the podcast. So I'm sure he would come on. He's a fucking, he's a fucking grifting piece of shit. Let's get Pat so, Robinson out of the podcast. So, um, 
the reason why televangelists came to be as they are today is because of the resurgence of tent revivalism in the Great Depression era. It was exploited by grifters to convince the impoverished to give what middling sum of money they had to them. And eventually, they started getting on the radio, and then eventually television, and all that stuff. So, one of the first radio evangelists was a Roman Catholic priest by the name of Father Charles Coughlin. I feel like he's come up before. He has. He's a giant piece of garbage. And we're going to find out why. So, Father... Father, Sorry. Do you think it's fair to say that these tent revivals were the first podcasts? Probably. Probably. I mean, it's a good way to chew up an hour. Yeah, I mean, they put on a pretty good show. I'll give them that. We come from a rich tradition. The thing about these tent revivalists, like, that I would have done back then is if I would have went to one. Um, and they were doing, like, the laying on hands and, like, you know, oh, we can bring back the dead and stuff. I would have been like, okay, so give me your firstborn son. I'm going to shoot him in the fucking head. And then bring him back to life in front of me. I'll believe you. I'll believe you. I'll change my whole life if that happens. Didn't we... I'm sorry. Didn't we... I don't know if we covered it, but I think we've talked about that happened. Like, in the the 1800s, that happened. Oh, with Joseph Smith. Yes, with Joseph Smith. I'm sure it quote-unquote did. Yeah, like... He was like, no, 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 no. Like, he, he thought he was going to do it, and then it... Oh, no, no, no. No, Actually, Brink- it was after, Brinkley, it was after Joseph Smith died. It was Brigham Young who did that. Brinkley said he could bring people back to life, too. It's, he said those goat nuts could do a lot of things. Yep, yep. So, uh, this guy, Father Coughlin, was born in 1891 in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, to Irish Catholic parents. His mother, who always said she regretted not becoming a nun... <laughs> planted Coughlin from a very young age with a deep religious faith. What a Throughout fucking life, way to say you didn't want kids. Yeah. Yeah, right? <laughs> I didn't want kids, but as soon as I got married, I had to let my husband fucking pump these kids into me. Oh, you know, I never wanted, I never wanted children. What I, what I did want is to, is to be able to hake up me hobbit and have a, a life nubile young nun slither up between between my milk white Irish thighs and have a gold mealed gash. <laughs> oh. Instead, I had to stitch up my pussy after you ruptured it with your great big melon. I think that is that is a, a late eighteen hundreds uh, Irish Catholic God approved fucking is the definition of bumping uglies. Everything but... is ugly. Everything is bumping. So. <laughs> Um, I have no uglies, but I'm as bump. <laughs> so he uh, he like kept going to like uh, you know like Catholic schools and that kind of stuff and like learning because he wanted to become a priest. And he kept moving more and more south uh, until eventually crossing the Detroit River and being incarnated at the Roman Catholic Archdiocese of Detroit in 1923. Archdiocese. And he was put. I don't give a shit. <laughs> Fuck all these old words. I I'm the least Catholic of the three of us, and I'm I know how to... They're not old words. We still have archdioceses all over America. Yeah. Name me one, Colin. 
the archdiocese uh there's there's one in fucking massachusetts there's yeah why do you know this because i care about children being brutalized by an international organization yeah well you know i don't need to know how to pronounce these stupid (laughs) fucking words anyway (laughs) so he got incarnated (laughs) at this archdiocese And he was put in as a priest at the Shrine of the Little Flower in Royal Oak, Michigan. Oh, Is it still there? We should burn it down. I Possibly. The Shrine um, of the Little Flower. Are, are we sure that that's not like... That's not some kind of... That's not a pussy cult? The Shrine like of the Little Flower cult. is a women's only bidet. No, I don't want to go to the Shrine of the Little Flower. I want to go to the Shrine of the Big Fat Fucking Flower. Oh, yeah, and love anyway. a fucking oh, yeah. pussy I can walk through. <laughs> so, uh, in 1926, he found his niche. He started broadcasting his Sunday sermons from a local radio station, WJR, which is actually still around, WJR News Radio 950. Oh, my God. Yep, uh, and weekly, he denounced the KKK. Due to their cross burnings on church grounds. And that radio station eventually was bought by Goodwill Stations in 1929, which was owned by NBC at the time. Uh, And his new boss told Coughlin to, instead of focusing on his religious views, to focus on his political views. And at this point, keep in mind, he had an average of 30 million listeners to his weekly broadcast. God, there really was nothing else to do. Take a wild guess where this went to. Telling a, telling an old, old, well, he wasn't old. He was actually middle-aged at this time. Just this guy. Telling this guy. Let's hear about your political views instead of your religious views. Where do you think this went? Well, the only thing I know about politics is that women just want to be lesbians and they regret ever having children. And so you spend your whole life thinking that you're a bad, bad, dirty, little, naughty boy. And that someone should cut your penis off with a pair of kitchen shears. Uh, also, I don't believe that the government should have the right to put blacks in the schools. <laughs> so, as it turns out, he had a he had a problem with uh, a specific class of people. Uh, let's call them the the banking class. Ah, uh, uh, he had a he had a bit of a Henry Ford allergy. <clears throat> yeah. Um, so he was incredibly anti-socialist and anti-communist. Um, let me read a quote here from him. Let not the working man be able to say that he is driven into the ranks of socialism by the inordinate and grasping greed of the manufacturer. Which is weird. <laughs> because he says shit like that. <laughs> Sounds like socialist propaganda. Like. So, but that's that's the thing. I okay. That's I have here's, yeah. Here's another quote. I have dedicated my life to fight against the heinous rottenness of modern capitalism because it robs the laborer of the world's goods. But blow for blow, I shall strike against communism because it robs us of the next world's happiness. Yeah, so a lot of these guys, and you'll see this, you know, I think we talked about it when we talked about, you know, every time we've talked about fascism, is yes. that a lot of times, like, 
the best way you can argue against socialism or like left-wing political movements is by like acknowledging the facts that they're based on which is yeah you're getting fucked somebody's fucking you and taking a a large proportion of the wealth that you create um and leaving you the scraps but that's a pretty jewish way to think now isn't it so let's not have too much of that so he was also a strong opponent of prohibition which is surprising because usually the incredibly religious groups in America at the time were uh, for prohibition, but he claimed it was the work of fanatics. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Kidding me? I mean, yeah. Can't drink? It's fucking weirdo teetotalers running into bars smashing shit. I mean, he's an Irish Roman Catholic, so of course he likes a bit of the booze. Oh god, yeah, no, you couldn't keep him away from the stuff. Also... During FDR's first run for the presidency, Coughlin strongly supported him. Uh, he coined the phrase Roosevelt to ruin, and the New Deal is Christ's deal. The New Deal is Christ's deal. Yeah. Uh, in 1934, he testified before Congress, uh, proclaiming that, quote, If Congress fails to back up the president in his monetary program... I predict a revolution in the country which will make the French Revolution look silly. He also said at the congressional hearing, God is directing President Roosevelt. So the, the reason that somebody who would later on become very right-wing would endorse somebody like FDR is because there were a lot of people who considered themselves moderates at the time who were terrified of the Communist Party and of socialists in America because of how much fucking ground they were gaining. FDR was essentially the compromise, and a lot of the work that he would end up doing in office was because he was constantly being threatened and pressured by labor unions and, uh, like, real, actual communists and socialists. Well, as, so, uh, as Roosevelt's pregnant, uh, pres pre pregnancy... Pregnancy. <laughs> <laughs> it's so hard with the polio. It's like that picture of Sonic when he's pregnant, but it's FDR. Yeah, so... <laughs> he's um, got the leg braces on. As his presidency went on, Collins slowly turned on Roosevelt because Roosevelt uh, wouldn't do directly what Coughlin wanted him to do. And he would not leave him alone. Like, basically, like M Mike Lindell and Trump. Or Alex Jones and Trump. Like, just, he annoyed the fuck out of this guy. Uh, Mr. President. I uh, miss, you don't, you don't Mr. understand, President. Mr. President. You have to call a national recall on every sort of sleeper mattress. They're, they're full of adrenochrome. Lindell, yep. shut, shut, Lindell, shut up. Shut up, Mr. President, Mr. President. Endorse Alex, me. Alex, Endorse can me. I call you Lindell, Mr. Shut Jones? Up. Shut Did up, you know ah! Did you know that fucking Alex Jones is doing promo codes for my pillow now on his show? Oh my god, what? Yeah. Mm, yeah. Incredible. Yeah, and his you can just tell his voice. He he dies a little bit every time he has to say, like, hey, these are great pillows. Uh, use use promo code infowars on mypillow.com. Do you think Alex Jones is gonna kill himself soon? No, I don't think so. I think he's getting really worn down. I think I think he's getting worn down, but he has a fucking great life. He doesn't give a shit. Well, he can't see his kids anymore, right? No. He still sees his kids. He has 
thought there was a, shared I thought, custody. I thought he had to go into court to try and get that custody. And they, I didn't know they, if they gave it to him or not. Yeah, they did. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he has no fucking issues. Oh, he's you mean he's, fucking... he's got kids and no wife? Yeah, and he's got a multi-million dollar house. And he makes money hawking dick pills and pillows. He doesn't give a brain fuck. force 24-7. Yeah, he took, he took ivermectin on air the other day. I don't think that's true. <laughs> he did. No, uh, cause, well, but that's the thing, is that there's been a bunch of, like, psychos who've been faking it. Like, uh, Milo Yiannopoulos did the same thing on, like, Instagram, but it was, it came out, it was, like, it was faked. Like, a lot of them he are took, just, like... He took it out of the package. It was a new package. Hey, man. Not, not horse paste. Not horse paste. He took the human pill. I... Because people like Rogan and fucking him can actually go to a doctor and get it prescribed to them because they do actually make a human dosed version of ivermectin. I I like I like to think that he actually like he dosed himself with worms beforehand in order to get the subscription like the prescription. The funny thing is is after that they went to like a commercial break and then they rebroadcasted so he was like gone for like the next like half an hour to 45 minutes and i think he was just in the bathroom shitting his brains or out. he was th- like it was a pill right yeah yeah he probably just threw it up that's probably what he probably went to the bathroom immediately threw up and flushed it away yeah. and then like had a smoothie yeah that's so, what i would have done yeah so um colin would say on his radio shows increasingly about the negative influence of quote money changers and quote (laughs) permitting a group of private citizens to create money at the expense of the general welfare i'm agreeing with all of this still he spoke for the need for monetary reform based on free silver he claimed that the great depression in the united states was a quote cash famine and proposed monetary reforms including the nationalization of the federal reserve as the solution coughlin was also upset about the, uh, Roosevelt's recognition of the Soviet Union. Do you guys know what free silver is? No, is, but I don't think it's good for the economy. Isn't free silver where you're able to go into any bank with legal tender and they're supposed to be able to give you the equivalent in silver? No. Yeah, it's just kind the gold of standard. no, no, you, no, no. It's uh, it's a little bit different. So, free silver. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you guys the definition. Okay. It's cool. All right. Silver. All right. So under the gold speech standard, anyone in possession of gold bullion could deposit it at a mint and it would be processed into gold coins. So you could take your like loose gold that you got hanging around and then they could process it into gold coins, making it a legal tender. Mm-hmm. You got all these ingots hanging about collecting yep. dust. Uh, Just come on down. down. Not Turn no more of like more of like oh grandpa's like gold teeth and like oh, I got some sh- like you know shavings and you know people whatever. So I mean you have uh, gold around. And there was a nominal seniorage to cover the processing costs, and then the coins would then be paid to the depositor. This was free coinage of gold by definition. The objective of the free silver movement was that the mints should accept and process silver bullion according to the same principle, although the market value of the silver in circulating coins in the United States was substantially less than face value. As a result, the monetary value of silver coins was based on government fiat rather than the commodity value of their contents. And this became especially true during the huge silver strikes in the West, which further depressed 
the silver price. So from that time until the early 1960s, the silver content in the United States dimes, quarters, half dollars, and silver dollars was only worth a fraction of their face values. Free coinage in silver would have amounted to an increase in the money supply, therefore resulting in inflation. So what they wanted is they wanted, like, let's say a dime is made out of like 10% silver. So they bring 10% the weight of a dime and they bring it into a mint and then the mint is supposed to produce them a dime. And the silver is worth much less than a dime. Where, as opposed to the gold standard, um, the value of a gold dollar is one dollar. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Yes, yes. It's um, fucking stupid. It's stupid, but I get... It's like, stupid from an economic standpoint. Like, that literally makes no fucking sense. He was against the free market capitalist system. Again, weird. Yeah, I mean, it's it, this guy's all weird. over the place. He's all over the fucking place. Uh, another quote from him: "Quote: We maintain the principle that there can be no lo- lo- uh, there can be no lasting prosperity if free competition exists in industry. Therefore, it is the business of the government not only to legislate for a minimum annual wage and maximum working schedule to be observed by the industry, but also to curtail individualism. That, if necessary, factories shall be licensed and their output shall be limited. I got no problem with that." God, that is such a fucking, like, low bar for labor rights to compare also to, like, just the total destruction of the free market. Yeah. Do you think that this is just, like, some Huey Long shit? Like, that's that's the kind of vibe that I'm getting, is this is just Huey Long shit. I think this guy's just insane, to be honest. Well, of course. Fucking six of one, half dozen of the other, man. Yeah. So, uh, then the New Deal rolled out, right? Um... And for some reason at the time, even though he was for it a couple years before, uh, he, he was against it now. Um, so he sent his buddy, <laughs> Joseph Kennedy Sr., <laughs> Our favorite to go Nazi. try to change Roosevelt's mind. It didn't. Um, so let's get a little bit deeper into his uh, hatred of the uh, banker class. Something he shared with Joseph Kennedy Sr. Mm-hmm. And John so, after the 1936 election, he threw his sympathy, uh, sympathy behind Hitler and Mussolini's regimes as an antidote to communism. He said Jewish bankers were behind the Russian Revolution and subscribed to the Jewish Bolshevism conspiracy theory. He also had a weekly magazine, uh, and possibly being inspired by a uh, friend of the show, Henry Ford, Printed the protocols of the elders of Zion in it. No, I mean, you know, that was just light coffee table reading back then. So it is Huey Long shit. This is Huey Long. Okay, cool. Um, in 1938, two weeks after Crystal knocked, <laughs> Cochlin put it on my calendar. In reference to the Christians who had been killed by the communists in Russia, said, quote, Jewish persecution only followed after Christians first were persecuted. Damn. I don't. I don't think he read this the book. Absolutely not true, no. guys. I don't think we got another guy. We got another one. Ring the fucking bell. He didn't do the homework. Fucking oh, you want me? To, you want you want me to read some more quotes that he has about uh, Jewish people? Oh my god. Okay. Uh, quote. Quote. 
Must the entire world go to war for 600,000 Jews in Germany who are neither American, nor French, nor English citizens, but citizens of Germany? Quote, if the Jews persist in supporting communism directly or indirectly, that will be regrettable. By their failure to use the press, the radio, and the banking house, where they stand so prominently, to fight communism as vigorously as Nazism, the Jewish invite the charge of being supporters of communism. What a fucking Catholic. Quote! When we get through the Jews in America, they'll think the treatment they received in Germany was nothing. Oh, is oh he, my God. Quote, so he's just he's up like, oh, the, the Holocaust? We're going to ask quote. him. He's like, Holocaust? By the time I'm done with the Holocaust, it'll look like a much smaller Holocaust. Quote. We have lived to see the day that modern Shylocks have grown fat and wealthy, praised and defied, because they have perpetuated the ancient crime of usury under the modern racket of statesmanship. Surprise, surprise! Uh, he was he uh, he was incredibly uh, for 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 not going and helping them. I mean, as many Americans weren't. Yep, uh, quote, From European entanglements, from Nazism, communism, and their future wars, America must stand aloof. Keep America safe for Americans and the stars and stripes, the defender of God. They're the great defenders of you and me. Mm-hmm. Army, Navy, Air Force, and Marines, huh, you're the greatest force that this world has ever seen uh so in 1939 when the german-american bund held a rally in new york city for some reason he distanced himself saying quote nothing can be gained by linking ourselves with any organization which is engaged in agitating racial animosities or propagating racial hatreds organizations which stand upon such platforms are immoral and their policies are only negative that shocks me like a cattle prod to my prostate. No, that's really smart. Yeah. Because if you can distance yourself from the organization, then when the, the organization gets criminal charges or gets tied up in other shit, you're like, well, I never supported them. All the while January peddling the same 6th. ideas. January 6th. January 6th. So, uh. <laughs> I like that song that we sung, Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So, <laughs> he would eventually be forced off the air due to pressure from the National Association's broadcasters, correctly finding that his broadcasts were dangerous, but not until after the invasion of Poland. Yes, uh, when the Pentagon said it was convenient to, they shut him down. Uh-huh. Was the Pentagon around back then? No. No? I don't think so. I don't know. It's the War Department, No, that, it was. It was the fucking, I don't know, I don't know, what's like an old-timey fucking word they would have used. What, the ONI? Yeah, that's great. So I don't, actually I think the I don't I think the ONI had been disbanded at this point. I think I wanna say No, no, they weren't. I think it was no. just domestic intelligence. The, well the the FBI was extant. The FBI had been extant for a while. 
Um, but I don't believe the CIA had been created yet. I believe the CIA got created later. So I think the CIA ONI... is post World War Two. Yes. So I believe the ONI is still active at this point. Um. Uh, yeah. So um, the other reason why he was uh, taken off the air um, is because at the time there was increasing issues um, coming from the Protestants against the Evangelicals. <laughs> so the pro the Protestants did not want to pay for their airtime. Instead of uh, they wanted to use free airtime donated by the uh, these radio stations. Like these radio stations say, okay, you know what, you guys get an hour. You know, you do whatever you want. But the evangelicals were paying these uh, radio companies to get more time, and these Protestants could not keep up with the evangelicals. I mean, the evangelicals put on a way better show. Let's just be real for a yeah, second. Gotta get them, gotta get them prime time spots, bro. You guys, yeah, you guys yeah. Ever... The, e the evangelicals were fucking like they were stirring the pot. They were doing some crazy shit, and the Protestants were just reading the Bible. Like, which one are you gonna listen to? That's fair. You, you guys ever been to a Pentecostal service? I'm yeah. sure it's incredibly entertaining. Um, y yes and no. It. I want to see some snakes. It feels. You know how you know how like when you put like a pet in a carrier, and then you put the carrier in like a loud car. That's how I felt during every Pentecostal <laughs> service. I was just like, I'm anxious, but there's no escape. <laughs> yeah. Just gotta wait till the ride is over. So yep. Yeah. So there was this issue between the Protestants and the Evangelicals. Eventually, the FCC, right? FCC stepped in and said, um, religious organizations can no longer buy airtime. It is all entirely. Um, donated time, and they set up every company. Every company had to donate a specific amount of time every week to these uh, religious organizations, and then the um, radio stations would spread that out, uh, covering every religion in the area. Obviously, besides the scary ones, the ones that they didn't like, like uh, you know, Islam and whatnot. Somehow, so. I don't think the Zoroastrians had a show. No, of course not. So, um... This is my Yazidi... Father Coughlin eventually would, uh, retire in, uh, 1966. Uh, he retired from his priesthood, and he died in Bloomfield Hills in 1979 at the age of 88. And, um, saying this for no reason whatsoever, he is buried at the Holy Sepulchre Cemetery in Southfield, Michigan. Although claiming that his entire life that he was in support of the working class and the poor. He died being worth $14 million, which is worth about $50 million in today's money. Quite a bit of money that could have helped quite a bit of people that he never used for any of that. Mm -hmm. Ever. What a shithead. Glad he's dead. Yep. Um, so, you know, obviously a lot of people, Pat Robertson, Joel Olstein, um, you know, televangelists of today take a lot from father Coughlin. oh yeah he's the mold he is he is the mold um to which they um shove their human feces in and make a terrible sculpture out of so hollow poop men we see today exactly so let's <laughs> let's talk about the first the very first televangelist fulton Boy. fulton j sheen Honestly, big surprise, he's not a huge piece of shit. Uh, <laughs> not, like, the absolute worst? No, like, he's, like, he's, like, I wouldn't say he's great, 
he said a lot of good things, which I'll get to some quotes from him in a, in a few minutes, but um, he wasn't a giant, huge, like, fucking, he was an anti-Semite or anything. Like, he wasn't, like, super racist or anything. So I'm sorry, I'm still thinking about hollow poop men. And <laughs> they probably just life-size Easter buddy style men covered in foil. <laughs> So, uh, oh, oh, don't worry. Wait till we get to Oral Roberts and we start talking about fucking prosperity gospel. Oh, oh yeah, no, that that's is, a hollow poop, man. That is, mm-hmm. uh, well, he's not hollow, he's filled with cash. That man's name is Oral. <laughs> O-R-A-L, Oral. <coughs> what a great oh, adult it's even swim spelled TV. like the sex act. It's a good yep, adult so, swim TV show. So, Fulton J. Sheen, who actually... He was the influence for Martin Sheen to use that as his stage name. Cool. Yeah. Um, So, this guy was actually incredibly well-spoken and well-educated. He had a PhD in theocracy and a doctorate in philosophy. Okay, yeah, that's a pretty pretty impressive uh, couple of papers. What was the first one? uh, Theocracy. The theocracy i believe he got that one in belgium and he got his doctorate in philosophy in france um so he had his uh his show in the early 1950s which was called life is worth living where he would (laughs) he would speak directly in the camera without cute cards and he would just kind of talk about whatever he liked and occasionally he used a chalkboard to illustrate his points you can find full videos of it on youtube if you would like to watch it uh it's actually pretty interesting he doesn't do the typical televangelist thing of talking really fast he actually talks kind of real slow you know kind of explains things to you and it's like he just kind of makes sense you know hmm. um <laughs> so the way his show worked is he would come on he would crack a few jokes he was actually pretty funny i'm like a funny priest tyler how much of this was, guy was, did you watch uh quite a bit actually he was pretty interesting um, because uh, of how different he he was than every other televangelist after him, um, so uh, re- I'm gonna now I'm gonna read you some quotes from him. Uh, I'm gonna start off with one of his jokes. Hearing nuns' confessions is like being stoned to death with popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, that's that's good. That's, that's a good one. That's good. Um, each of us makes his own weather, determines the color of the skies in the emotional universe in which he in- inhabits. The big print giveth, and the fine print taketh away. If you don't behave as you believe, you will end by believing as you behave. When a man loves a woman, he has to become worthy of her. The higher her virtue, the more noble her character, the more devoted she is to truth, justice, goodness, the more of a man has to aspire to be worthy of her. The history of civilization could actually be written in the terms of the level of its women. That's a Marvin Gaye lyric. Yeah, that's a hundred that's when from a, a fucking baby making song. Loves a woman. You must remember to love people and use things, rather than to love things and use people. I've heard that quote before. 
A woman gets angry when a man denies his faults because she knows them all along. His lying mocks her affection. It is the deceit that angers her more than the faults. I don't know, sometimes those faults make him pretty mad. Yeah. The yeah, faults, in my experience, I, lo I, lo I love, I love you, baby. Please, problem. please, yeah, yeah, I, lo I love you, baby. Just... Sweetheart, right. sweetheart, I'm yeah. so I'm so fucking sorry. <laughs> but like this guy, like you know, hearing all this stuff, like he's not, like I wouldn't necessarily call him like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Nefarious. Like he's just kind of like going up there, just saying some shit, and he's getting out of there. He's not trying to like get people to. He's not trying to fucking red pill people. Yeah. Like you know, I, he's, he's not, not trying pushing to it as the only people. way. I don't know, man. I I kind of want to watch these because I've okay. I've, I'm very I'm, I will suspicious. read you a quote. I'm going to read you a quote from my favorite episode of his show, uh, which was called "How to Think." <laughs> okay. Yep. All right. So uh, the main part of this uh, this episode is that he talks about statistics. So I'm going to read his quote here. I'm going to give you some quote some rules for statistics. Whenever you hear a statistic, always ask these questions. One, how many possible cases are there? That is to say, how many cases could be tested? Two, how many were tested? Three, can you believe what they told you? Four, if it comes from an independent laboratory, who paid for the experiment? If cigarette X blows much better smoke rings than cigarette Y, who paid for that investigation? Independent laboratory isn't in business for their health, you know. Okay. Yeah. I mean, He's in, encouraging critical thinking. Okay. Like, fuck yeah, I'm for it. I, I'm still hesitant, man. I've been. Do you know how many times I was fooled with a, a sweet talking youth pastor and Krispy Kremes as a child? Too many times. Hey, this guy is one step away from. This guy is one step away from being Saint Mar uh, Fulton Sheen. Oh, his beautification is almost through. Oh, he, did, yeah. he didn't his, commit enough uh, miracles posthumously? Uh, no, his miracle was something or another, and Pope uh, was the, the not Pope Francis, the, guy, the one before him. 2016 Pope. You're talking uh, about Ratzinger? No. Um, I don't fucking remember. John that, Paul? I don't know. One of these. Yeah, yeah. One of uh, these he, big white pedophiles. So he, uh, he officially he did like the first step and they're they're pushing it back because they're investigating so i i didn't really read into so something so much it wasn't something that he did it was something that someone else did that he might have known about but i i don't know um all i know is by all accounts he didn't fuck any kids so i guess that's a good thing and he's been dead for a long time so I'm sure something would have came out. It, I mean, has anybody been looking into it? Yeah. Sometimes yeah. Oh, bugs yeah. don't crawl out unless you turn over the rock. I feel like people have been turning over to the, the rocks on this guy for a long time because he was in the public sphere for a long time. Yeah, so one of, one of the things about sainthood is that you have to have quote-unquote verifiable uh, miracles, which basically there's like... Yeah, he did have a verifiable... Let me look it up. Yeah. Here. So the church has to investigate, and a lot of it's just, like, political. Like, if enough people really, really like you, and at least one person is willing to lie 
about a miracle, then you'll usually get it. Like, that's how Mother Teresa got it, is this woman lied and said that, like, the spirit of Mother Teresa had, like, appeared to her and cured her cancer. And then her husband came forward and was like, no, we went to, like, a doctor for over a year. But it was too late. Okay, so the miracle involves the unexplained recovery of James Fulton Engstrom, a boy stillborn in September 2010, to Bonnie and Travis Engstrom of the Peoria area town of Goodfield. Engstrom's parents prayed for the intercession of Sheen for their son's recovery. Pope Francis, oh, it was Pope Francis, approved the miracle and Sheen was scheduled for beautification on December 21st, 2019. Um, But yeah, it was delayed... The postponement was prompted by Salvatore Matano, Bishop of Rochester, who expressed concern that his predecessor's handling of a 1963 sexual misconduct case (laughs) against a priest might have been cited unfavorably in a forthcoming report from the New York District Attorney General. They countered that the Sheen's handling of the case has already been thoroughly examined and exonerated and that Sheen had never put children in any harm's way. Okay, so, so, he, so he might have been a pedophile enabler. Maybe. Which, if he is, fuck this guy. But, like... Put him in the ground. I mean... Yeah. Well, he's already dead. Put him deeper in the ground. Go to the second ground. Ground two. Give him a ground two. That will, Electric boogaloo. That, that's what I'm saying. That's that, Speaking of 9-11, that's why it's called ground zero, because of how high it is. If you kept digging, you get to ground one and two. In 1960 through another FCC ruling, they decided to allow again for networks to sell airtime. And this, my friends, is when the televangelism we know today begins. And we'll pick back up next week. Uh, It's a two-parter! Been a hot minute since we've done one of these, but I am very, very excited to see where it goes and to see what other horrible garbage we can uncover from the men who absorb millions of dollars from the poor every year you know i know that the three of us are i think we all consider ourselves at least a little intelligent and that at the very least we're generally like suspicious and like critical and skeptical of a lot of things but uh if i had been born in like the late 1800s early 1900s i 100 percent would have sold my farm and given all the money to a tent revival preacher like a hundred percent there's no doubt oh, yeah. in my mind they would have got me because th- think about it like it's humid right they're 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 fucking wiggling and dancing up there it's probably the first time i've seen a woman in months if not years and I got to see her fucking gash. Oh, I didn't man. get to see any. No, when you she was, wig- when she was wiggling around, I got to look up in there. I got to see the outline of her belly button in her gingham dress, and I almost came in my pants. But yeah, almost all my came gash. in the underwear that I was born in. <laughs> yeah, I would have started following, following them around like they were a band on tour. Exactly. I'd be like a deadhead for fucking Pentecostals. <laughs> Just drinking fucking rot gut whiskey in the fucking parking. Yeah, no, I'm fucking. I do that now. I'm sleeping in the back of my fucking sheep sheep drawn wagon with a tarp that I threw over it, eating raw potatoes and drinking fucking stump whiskey, trying to get another glimpse of that 
hot, nubile, 22-year-old's belly button. <laughs> I am 35 oh. in this retelling. I am much older. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, I'm like... you've got time, buddy. I, I'm like... You get think about it this way. Like, in this retelling of my life, I'm on the farm and my whole family is dead. But I have to maintain the farm because that's what I was born to do. So I don't really do... gotta pull them So I'm like out. quiet and I'm lonely and I only go into town for supplies and I'm very I've never felt the touch of a woman. Uh, only my own rough farm working hands and these shameful cold nights out in the barn, just in the hayloft, just jerking off and crying. And all of a sudden the Pentecostals come to town and my whole life flipped up, turned upside down. He lives alone. Why is he jerking off in the? Because the it's shameful to do it in the house. That's where I eat, you fucking degenerate. Well, thank you once again for listening to Worst in the Industry. Uh, go ahead and check out the socials. We are at Worst in the Industry or at Witty Pod on everything. Links will be up in the show notes if I remember. Yeah, uh, everybody get drunk tomorrow. Never forget. The, the, oh shit! Yeah, this is coming out on the tenth. This, <laughs> this is coming out on the anniversary of America's last innocent day. It Everyone is. drink all day tomorrow. Drink, drink all day, and remember, Hooters remembers. Hooters yeah, go to Hooters. Wing. I want to. You know what? Go to Hooters. Let go, freedom, go to Hooters because Hooters remembers. Let freedom wing. We, we can't officially endorse Hooters. They're not paying us. They're not paying us, care. and I'll, they're I'll, barely I'll, paying the people that work for them. Hey, man, I'll say go get some fucking garlic farm wings. Don't go to Hooters, though. I don't though. give a shit. Oh, I don't want chicken you know what? So go to Wingstop. Right Wingstop's real good. We're not getting paid. Go to Thighstop. I don't care. This is a person. These still are my, I'm talking to my friends. I'm talking right to my now, friends. Okay? Anyways. All right. These goodbye, audience. Gestures at the empty room. These are the my gang's friends. all here. God, God. Tyler's <laughs> fucking lost. <laughs> all right. All right. Bye. Love you guys. Bye. Bye.